Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Dear friends, welcome to Keep the Faith. Thank you for joining me today as we discover more signs of Jesus' second coming. We are living at a time when we are going to see great changes to society, whether we like it or not. But we are going to see the effects also of the withdrawal of God's Spirit from the world and the increase in the enemy's activity. We need to understand these things from God's perspective as much as we can and align ourselves with heaven. Because if we don't, we will be caught up in the wrong issues and miss out on the wonderful consummation of the ages and lose our hope of eternal life. But before we begin, I want to say thank you for your support and prayers. They are really needed at this time, and they are greatly appreciated. I also want to say that you should now renew your subscription if you still desire to receive the Little CD Preachers by sending in the yellow card. To Do it today so that you don't forget. The Mark of the Beast issue put out by Last Generation Ministries is now circulating to over 60,000 individuals. We need you to pray that these silent messengers will reach their mark. We also need you to pray that the honest hearts who fill out the Bible study request card attached in each magazine and mail it back. Satan wants to distract the people from hearing the truth for this time. We have a part to play in praying for heavenly intervention in this special project, but you can do more. The Last Generation team will be reprinting more of this issue sometime in July because they have orders for more copies than they were able to print the first time around. You can still get in on ordering quantities for a zip code mailing or bulk order for sharing by calling their office at 540-672-5671. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, the time is very short. The enemy is being permitted to wreak havoc on our planet. We pray today that you will show us how to live, but also how to get ready for Jesus' coming. We must have victory over sin and live pure lives. We can do our part to cooperate with heaven and determine in our hearts to follow Jesus at all costs. Please send your Holy Spirit to teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
We are living in a time of unprecedented signs of Jesus' coming. Everywhere I turn these days, I'm impressed that we are living in the rapidly unfolding scenes of the last days. It is unending and continually escalating. We are invited to study these signs and learn from them. Listen to this compelling statement. It's from The Signs of the Times, October 1, 1894. God would have us study the events that are taking place about us and compare them with the predictions of his word in order that we may understand that we are living in the last days. That is the reason we study politics, business, society, and nature from a prophetic point of view. And we pay attention to ourselves to be sure that we are in the faith and that we have the love of the truth in our hearts because the, that is the only way we will be ready to meet him when he comes. We don't want the wisdom of the world and of men as we get closer to the end, for they are against God's purposes. We want heavenly wisdom at this time, not only to inspire us, but to seriously guide us through the maze of events and challenges that we are not used to. Here's more of that statement in Signs of the Times. The word of the Lord endureth forever. The Bible is to be our guidebook, and instead of consulting the wisdom of men and accepting as divine truth the assertions of finite mortals, we should search the word of prophecy. God has spoken, and his word is reliable, and we must rest our faith upon a thus saith the Lord. We want our Bibles, and we want to know what is written therein. The diligent student of prophecy will be rewarded with clear revelations of truth. For Jesus said, Thy word is truth. Do you want to understand truth? The Bible is the only sure foundation of truth and for guiding the life of the true Christian. If you build a house, you want to build it on the rock, not on the shifting sand. The Bible is the rock that doesn't move. After all, it tells us the unshakable truth of Jesus Christ. It is as relevant today as when it was written, even more so. Yet most people don't see how relevant it is. They think it is just stories and even fables, and they don't base their lives on it. Even among God's people, many see the Bible as good advice, but very few are pursuing a knowledge and an experience with prophecy and the God of prophecy. They choose the easy way. They obtain a superficial knowledge of the common things of truth, or parts of it, they are satisfied with it. That's enough for them. But they are not pursuing a knowledge of present truth, 
which will guide them through difficult times ahead. From Early Writings, page 68, we read the following. There are many precious truths contained in the Word of God, but it is present truth that the flock needs now. I have seen the danger of the messengers running off from the important points of present truth to dwell on subjects that are not calculated to unite the flock and sanctify the soul. Satan will here take every advantage to injure the cause. That is so true today, isn't it? Here we are at the end of time, when it should be the burden of every message and the ministers rarely preach present truth. Those that do are generally marginalized. Therefore, the people don't focus on present truth, the very truth to save their lives. No wonder the church is so lazy and asleep. They are soon going to get a great surprise. Our lives are being disrupted. They are not the same anymore. They are being changed forever. There is no going back to the good old days. Everything in society is being thrown out of whack. Even nature seems to be turned out of its normal course in some things. The time has come. We are entering the last scenes of earth's history. We need the Word of God to understand these things. Food and water are going to become major issues. For instance, right now America is facing a multi-year mega drought that has the entire western half of the country almost in a death grip that is starting to become extremely difficult and painful. In some areas, irrigation water is being totally cut off, totally cut off for the farmers. And that is going to result in a completely lost year for them. Listen to this. The water crisis along the California-Oregon border went from dire to catastrophic this week as federal regulators cut off irrigation water to farmers from its critical reservoir. Without water, a farmer can't grow his crops. And irrigation is the only way most farmers get their water. You might brush that off as affecting the farmers only, and it doesn't really affect you. Think again. Imagine what that will do to food demand and prices across the country, and maybe shortages as well. In what is becoming the worst water crisis in generations, the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation said it will not release water this season into the main canal that feeds the bulk of the massive Klamath Reclamation Project, marking a first for the 114-year-old irrigation system. The agency announced last month 
that hundreds of irrigators will get dramatically less water than usual. But a worsening drought picture means water will be completely shut off instead. We're at the crisis stage, and we're going to start feeling it. This mega drought has already been going on for many years, and experts are giving us very little hope that things will improve any time in the foreseeable future. Australia has similar dry areas and is prone to drought. In fact, it too has seen much drought, and frankly, after a brief relief, I think the drought will probably return. The Klamath Canal funnels Klamath water from the upper Klamath Lake, just north of the Oregon-California border, to more than 130,000 acres, where generations of ranchers and farmers have grown hay, alfalfa, and potatoes, and grazed cattle. Only one irrigation district within the 200,000-acre project will receive any water from the Klamath River system this growing season, and it will have a severely limited supply. The Klamath Water Users Association said in a statement, Some other farmers rely on water from a different river, and they also have a limited supply. This just couldn't be worse, said Klamath Irrigation District Ty Clearer. The impacts to our family, farms, and these rural communities will be off the scale. In fact, CBS News reported that this current drought is in danger of evolving into a permanent drought. Listen to CBS. Extreme drought across the western U.S. has become as reliable as a summer afternoon thunderstorm in Florida. And news headlines about drought in the West can seem a bit like a broken record, with some scientists saying the region is on the precipice of permanent drought. Even during the Dust Bowl of the 1930s, there was always hope that drought would end and normal conditions would return. But now we are being told that this is the new normal. The western half of the country desperately needed a healthy level of precipitation during last winter's wet season. But instead, conditions were much drier than usual. That's because in the year 2000, the U.S. West entered the beginning of what scientists call a mega drought, the second worst in 1,200 years. The Bible tells us why we are facing this drought. In Jeremiah 50:38, we read, a drought is upon her waters, and they shall be dried up, for it is the land of graven images, and they are mad upon their idols. Of course, modern idols are in a different form for many now, 
but rebellion to God is the same as it was in Jeremiah's time. Also think of the time of Elijah, when Ahab and Jezebel tried to get the Israelites to forget God and go after the Phoenician storm god Baal. The drought came for a reason, a judgment. God did not want to let his people go, so the drought was his way of getting their attention. These Bible stories aren't just stories. They are God's word to us today. The principles they point out are to teach us what happens if we go after modern idols. And today there is widespread rejection of Bible principles throughout society. Governments and government leaders are leading the nations away from God. People get the leaders they deserve. God will let them have their way for a while. Friends, this does not bode well for our future on earth. In Zephaniah 1, verses 2 and 3, God says, I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. I will cut off man from off the land, saith the Lord. Then in ver- he says in verses 14, 15, and 18, The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hasteth greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, neither Their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. Do you think these verses were only meant to be applied during the prophet's day? Looking down to the end of time, Zephaniah the prophet was pointing to the days when wickedness shall increase dramatically, even to our day, when man is distracted by every vice and evil practice, and today his clarion voice can be heard in the natural world. CBS continued, In the past 20 years, the two worst stretches of drought came in 2003 and 2013. But what is happening right now appears to be the beginning stages of something even more severe. And as we head into the summer dry season, the stage is set for an escalation of extreme dry conditions with widespread water restrictions expected, and yet another dangerous fire season ahead.
Right now, the U.S. Drought Monitor places 60% of the western states under severe, extreme, or exceptional drought. The exceptional drought is much more than in previous years. Now that we have entered the dry season, there is very little chance of improvement. Conditions will only get drier. The drought in the west, especially the southwest, this summer and fall will be the most intense in recent history. The only real question, how long will it last? This past winter's wet season was not very wet at all. In fact, it just added insult to injury with only 25 to 50 percent of normal rainfall falling across much of the southwest in California. This followed one of the driest and hottest summers in modern times, with two historic heat waves, a hoped-for summer monsoon cycle that didn't show up, and the worst fire season in modern times. The National Oceanic and it Atmospheric Administration, or the NOAA, says that during the past few months, several states, including Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, experienced their most intense period of drought since record-keeping began. As a result, soil moisture content is at its lowest level in a at least 120 years. Since the American West relies on melting snowpack to fill the lakes, reservoirs, and rivers like the Colorado River, water availability will be limited this summer. The Colorado River and its tributaries provide water for around 40 million people and 5 million acres of farmland. The amount of water flowing into Lake Powell on the Arizona-Utah line in the coming months is only expected to be around 45% of the typical amount. Lake Mead on the Arizona-Nevada line is only at 40% capacity. But this lack of snowpack is not a one-time issue. It is a trend. Over the past 40 years, snowpack has declined by about 25% over the western states. Meanwhile, the population continues to increase. Thus, as of late, water demand is has been outstripping what Mother Nature can deliver. The Bible says the reason why in Job twenty four nineteen, Drought and heat consume the snow waters. So doth the grave of those which have sinned. The sin or rebellion of man on a macro level across society which is a sum of the individual rebellion of millions, leads to drought and heat, which lead to famine and the grave. 
If we would just take the word of God as it reads and follow it, things would never get this bad. But men have spurned the counsel of the Lord and have gone on in their wicked lifestyles and behavior and set their hearts to do wickedly. That's why these things have come upon us. Listen to this statement found in Testimonies to the Church, Volume 6, page 408. It tells us what is happening in the unseen world as well as what we can see on the surface. The restraining spirit of God is even now being withdrawn from the world. Hurricanes, storms, tempests, fire and flood, disasters by sea and land follow each other in quick succession. Science seeks to explain all these, the signs thickening around us, telling us the near approach of the Son of God are attributed to any other than the true cause. Men cannot discern sentinel angels restraining the four winds that they shall not blow until the servants of God are sealed. But when God shall bid his angels loose the winds, there will be such a scene of strife as no pen can picture. Do you think the scene of strife is going to make the people seek after God? Yes, but it will be too late then. <laughs> At the same time, evil men whose hearts will be so hardened that they will find another excuse for their rebellion will rail against God. For now, in general, these Water woes are not expected to improve. While there will be wet years, the overall trend is towards drying. Scientists, or the false prophets of climate, say this is the result of human-caused climate change, which is leading us to less reliable rain and water, warmer temperatures. Both consistent with what has been projected by climate computer models. Scientists are like the priests and priestesses of Baal, beating on drums and shouting and screaming and dancing around the altar. If they get any more fanatical, they might cut themselves with knives and lances, so to speak. Yes, there is climate change, but the fact that the climate change priests and unthinking people overlook is that there have been serious climate changes before connected with the judgments of God. Think of Noah's day. When the, he went into the ark, no doubt he didn't anticipate the extent of the climate change that would take place during the flood. It was dramatic and massive, and it was a judgment upon the world for its wickedness. And we are still in that post-flood climate. Also in Elijah's day, the climate change at the time was so severe that even the cattle were dying off. Again, this is a judgment of God on the wickedness of Jezebel, who led Ahab round like a bull with a ring in his nose. 
She persecuted the servants of God as well as pressured the nation of Israel to adopt the vile practices of bear worship. So what makes these scientists think that they can deny God or turn their backs on him and not experience climate change of some kind? We can apply the Bible principle in our day. After all, that's why we have the Bible, that we may learn the lessons of its sacred pages for our time. Scientists and their followers think they are all fables, just stories not meant to impress us with their lessons, but we know better. God's people will be able to predict what to expect with accuracy and explain the reasons for it because it is in the Bible. The new research from the U.S. Department of Agriculture shows that over the past several decades, precipitation has become more erratic and dry periods between rainstorms have expanded. Even if rain or snow falls heavier, that's less important than consistency. Soil moisture and vegetation thrive on precipitation that is spread out more evenly over time, rather than heavy events which tend to run off, resulting in wasted moisture. At the same time, temperatures across the western U.S. have increased by a few degrees over the past 50 years. The warmer air provides more heat energy to evaporate moisture from vegetation and soil. As a result, the ground continues to dry out, providing flammable fuel for escalating fire seasons. In fact, 2020 was the worst fire season in the modern history of the West, with California and Colorado experiencing their largest fires on record, exceeding previous record years by far. Approximately 10 million acres were burned. The warmer and drier it gets, the larger fires will become. And because of a warming climate, fire season in the West is now two or three months longer than it was just a few decades ago. That means, with the dry season already getting underway in the West, the time to prepare for wildfires is fast approaching. In 2021, scientists are also warning that this upcoming wildfire season could even be worse than last year due to the bone-dry conditions. It is difficult to imagine a wildfire season that is any worse than what we experienced in 2020, but this is what they are telling us to expect. Oregon Governor Kate Brown has already declared a drought emergency. So has California Ga Governor Gavin Newsom. The state of California grows more of our vegetables than anyone else, and this growing water crisis is forcing many farmers in the state 
to make some heartbreaking decisions. With the uncertainty of water, some Central Valley farmers are destroying their crops ahead of the summer season in order to survive, giving other crops half a chance of making it. It's impacting jobs and soon possibly the grocery shelves. And by the way, drought brings some pestilences, fungal diseases, rodent-borne diseases, and other types of illnesses can spread much more easily. Drought is a symbol of spiritual drought. Those places that are plagued with drought are also the places that are often the most godless. Take the cities of California. They are godless. The state and its leaders support godlessness in trying to force their residents to be accepting of the most absurd behaviors and attitudes through identity politics. California is one of the most liberal states in America. While there are some of God's people that are there, the vast majority of the state is openly and defiantly godless. And it shows in the natural disasters that come upon it. Much of the state, including much of Yosemite National Park, has been devastated by drought and fire. What was once a beautiful forest is now gutted with burnt trees, mere skeletons to remind us of what it once was. But it is a warning of the judgments of God that are yet to come. But the climate doesn't just affect drought. Sea level rise is one of the best known of climate change's many dangers. The warming planet causes ice sheets and glaciers to melt, and warming sea water expands, increasing the volume of the world's oceans. The consequences range from near-term increases in coastal flooding that can damage infrastructure to crops to the permanent displacement of coastal communities. Over the course of the 21st century, global sea levels are projected to rise between about 2 and 7 feet, and possibly more, making the most vulnerable parts of the world very dangerous places to live. A lot of people, as in hundreds of millions of people, could be affected in the coming decades. Based on sea level projections for 2050, land currently home to 300 million people will fall below the elevation of an average annual coastal flood. By 2100, land now home to 200 million people could sit permanently below the high tide line. But that is inaccurate. The equipment to measure the elevation is from space using satellites. It measures the heights of trees and buildings as well as the ground. 
The result is that the elevation is estimated to be higher than what it actually is by approximately 6 to 15 feet, or 2 to 5 meters. This overestimation reveals that far more land and more people will be vulnerable to sea level rise during this century than previously believed. Sea level rise is a global story, and it affects every coastal nation, but in the coming decades, the great, uh, greatest effects will be felt in Asia thanks to the number of people living in the continent's low-lying coastal areas. Mainland China, Bangladesh, India, Vietnam, Indonesia, and Thailand are home to most people on land projected to be below the annual coastal flood levels by 2050. Together, those six nations account for roughly 75% of the 300 million people on land facing the same vulnerability at mid-century. As sea levels continue to rise throughout the century, chronic flooding will spread and more land will be permanently lost to the ocean. But the danger of permanent inundation is by no means limited to Asia. In 19 countries, from Nigeria to Brazil to Egypt to the United Kingdom, land now home to at least one million people could fall permanently below the high tide line at the end of the century and become permanently inundated in the absence of coastal defenses. The residents of small island states could face particularly devastating losses. In the next 80 years, most of the land in these island nations will be unlivable if scientists' predictions of the climate change come true. And well before that land is flooded, residents will face saltwater intrusion into freshwater supplies and frequent flooding. But the specific economic, humanitarian, and political cost will be steep. In the decades ahead, sea level rise could disrupt economies and trigger humanitarian crises around the world. Sea level rise could also produce humanitarian crises by stripping millions of people of their homes and traditional livelihoods. Sea level rise could also have wide-ranging political consequences, disputes, and even conflicts. Of course, the false prophets that give us the reasons for climate change repeat the claim that climate change is caused by industrialization, technology, and other human activity as often as possible. And most people believe them. It is the result of human activity, but not primarily the human activity they are talking about. As we pointed out before, the causes determined rebellion 
to God in the pursuit of ungodly lifestyles. Here is a statement that speaks to both fire and flood and the real reason why climate change is putting pressure on humanity. It is found in Prophets and Kings, page 277. The time is at hand when there will be sorrow in the world that no human balm can heal. The Spirit of God is being withdrawn. Disasters by sea and by land follow one another in quick succession. How frequently we hear of earthquakes and tornadoes, of destruction by fire and flood, with great loss of life and property. Apparently, these calamities are capricious outbreaks of disorganized, unregulated forces of nature, wholly beyond the control of man. But in them all, God's purpose can be read. They are among the agencies by which he seeks to arouse men and women to a sense of their danger. God tells us through the prophet Enoch what we can expect will be the reason for the executive judgment at the end of the millennium. In Jude 14 through 19, we read, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Notice he is speaking of their behavior in the last time or the last days that triggers the judgment. But what about the time before the close of human probation? Why the judgment of God on the wicked before that time? God in his mercy judges so he can give the wicked world a warning. A more specific list of sins of the last days is found in 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, 
lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Pope Francis, the false prophet and high priest of climate change, in his encyclical letter, Laudato Si, which is the foundation for his push to control the world through climate protection, did not fail to bring in his rebellion to God in a most subtle way. Remember, he wants to promote the error of Sunday observance as often as he can. On Sunday, our participation in the Eucharist it has special importance. Sunday like the Jewish Sabbath, is meant to be a day which heals our relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others, and with the world. Sunday is the day of the resurrection, the first day of the new creation, whose first fruits are the Lord's risen humanity, the pledge of final transfiguration of all created reality. It also proclaims man's eternal rest in God. Do you see that he is smoothly tying climate change to Sunday observance? The promotion of Sunday is just more rebellion to God, because his law is trampled. He is teaching men and women to disregard the law of God, like the popes have always done. They set up their authority above God and think to change times and laws, Daniel 7.25, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand, until a time and times and the dividing of a time. He changes the time of the Sabbath and changes the law of God. This is blasphemy of the highest order, and it will only bring on the judgments of God. But God will not be disrespected forever. Notice what is to happen to this apostate power in verse 26. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and to destroy it unto the end. God will change the rulership over the world in verse 27, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Sunday observance is almost universally kept by Christians around the world, so it is pretty ingrained in their thinking and in society. It will be easy to get the nations thinking of Sunday when the judgments are poured out and perceived as God's punishment. But the determined rebellion will not relent, and 
the judgments on earth will just get worse. The wicked will look for a scapegoat, and they will find one. God's people who keep the Sabbath will be targeted and pressured and persecuted in an attempt to avoid the real issue. Listen to this from Great Controversy, uh, page 615. As the Sabbath has become the special point of controversy throughout Christendom, and religious and secular authorities have combined to force the observance of the Sunday, the persistent refusal of a small minority to yield to the popular demand will make them objects of universal execration. It will be urged that the few who stand in opposition to an institution of the church and a law of the state ought not to be tolerated, that it is better for them to suffer than for whole nations to be thrown into confusion and lawlessness. The same argument many centuries ago was brought against Christ by the rulers of the people. It is expedient for us, said the wali Caiaphas, that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. John 11.50 This argument will appear conclusive. A decree will finally be issued against those who hallow the Sabbath of the Fourth Commandment, denouncing them as deserving of the severest punishment and giving the people liberty after a certain time to put them to death. Romanism in the old world and apostate Protestantism in the new will pursue a similar course toward those who honor all the divine precepts. Friends, the stress on nature that has been predicted to be upon the world at the end of time because of man's persistent rebellion is connected to future events and to God's people. But most of God's people don't think of the scenes now unfolding before us in that way. We need the shelter of the Lord who will protect us. Listen to this statement from Selected Messages, Volume 2, page 391. Troublous times are before us. The judgments of God are broad in the land. Calamities will follow one another in rapid succession. Soon God is to rise out of his place, to shake terribly the earth, and to punish the inhabitants for their iniquity. Then he will stand up in behalf of his people and will give them his protecting care. He will throw his everlasting arms around them to, to shield them from all harm. God promises to guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a a spring of water whose waters fail not. That's Isaiah 58, 11. The righteous will have water when all around them is drought and parched land. 
Therefore, we have the privilege to do what God gives us in Isaiah 58, 12, and 13. Build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. God promises to do something wonderful for those who faithfully do this. Let's read verse 14. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Isn't that a wonderful promise? The one further promise of what will happen to those who are godly and faithful, it's found in Psalm 1-3. And he shall be like a tree planted by waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Do you want that experience? You can have it, and you will have it if you are given over to righteousness. When you pursue it with all your heart, God will reward you with it, especially when the intense times come upon us. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we want to, to be righteous. We have had enough of this old world. Please do your work of righteousness in our lives so that we have Jesus as our companion at all times. As the world unravels, help us to go deeper in faith and reliance upon you. As we near the end of time, let us be hid under your wings. In Jesus' name, amen. As water to the thirsty, as beauty to the eyes, as strength that follows weakness, as truth instead of lies, as songtime and springtime and sun. Like calm in place of clamor, like peace.
that follows pain, like meeting after parting, like sunshine after rain, like moonlight and starlight and sunlight on the sea. So is my Lord, my living Lord. So is my Lord to me. We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. Don't forget to send your yellow renewal card as soon as possible. The song you have just heard is called As Water to the Thirsty. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Consecration. If you would like to have a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid to U.S. addresses to cover the cost, and we will send you one. Please mention the Consecration CD. Other international listeners should send $20 USD. The following is our prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in the light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis and the coming of our Lord.
May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month. It's time to start shunning the vaccine hesitant. They're blocking COVID herd immunity. Has been rock star Ted Nugent told the world last week that he has COVID-19. Nugent's announcement was an oddity because he previously called the viral pandemic, quote, a leftist scam to destroy Donald Trump. As I watched Nugent's Facebook live post, in which he repeatedly hawked up wads of phlegm and spit them on the ground, I got emotional when he described being so sick he thought he was dying. But when he trashed the COVID-19 vaccine and warned people against taking it, I realized that the emotion I was feeling was not empathy, it was anger. For the better part of a year, as the coronavirus racked up hundreds of thousands of American deaths, the flickering light at the end of the tunnel was herd immunity, the antibody force shield that comes when enough people have survived the illness or have been vaccinated against it. Quote, go get vaccinated, America, President Joe Biden said in his speech to a joint session of Congress, referring to the shot as a dose of hope. Friends don't let friends spread COVID. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease doctor, suggested in December that if 75% to 80% of the population got vaccinated, we could reach herd immunity by the end of summer. And with herd immunity, we'd return to a measure of normalcy, meaning indoor dining, movie theaters, and hugs. But herd immunity is slipping away because a quarter of Americans are refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Quote, there is no eradication at this point. It's off the table. Dr. Gregory Poland, director of the Mayo Clinic's Vaccine Research Group, recently said, quote, we as a society have rejected herd immunity. Hmm, no. We have not rejected anything. A quarter of the country is ruining it for all of us. It's not just wacky former rockers who have put herd immunity out of reach. It is white evangelicals. 45% say they won't get vaccinated. And it is Republicans, almost 50% are refusing the vaccine. In Texas, 61% of white Republicans say they are reluctant to get the vaccine or would refuse it. You can slap the euphemism vaccine hesitancy on the problem. But in the end, the GOP and the children of GOD are perpetuating a virus that is sickening and killing people in droves. A big part of the problem stems from the cultish relationship many evangelicals and Republicans have with the former president. They absorbed his endless efforts to downplay the danger of the virus and turn public health precautions into a political freedom movement. But the time for analyzing why these human petri dishes have chosen to ignore the medical science that could save them and us is over. We need a different strategy. I propose shunning. Biden's widely successful vaccine rollout means that soon everyone who wants a vaccine will have one. When that happens, restaurants, movie theaters, gyms, barbers, airlines, and Ubers should require proof of vaccination before providing their services. And it shouldn't stop there. Businesses should make vaccination a requirement for employment. A COVID-19 outbreak can shut down a business and be financially devastating. And failure to enforce basic health and safety measures is not fair to employees who have to work in offices, factories, and stores where close contact is required. 
Things should get personal too. People should require friends to be vaccinated to attend the barbecues and birthday parties they host. Friends don't let friends spread coronavirus. As I am writing this, I can almost see the Twitter rebuttals. Quote, If people want to risk being microchipped by the deep state, they can protect themselves by getting a vaccine without making me do the same. Nope. In its real-life application, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are about 90% effective. Sure, that's impressive, but if the roulette wheel makes you one of the unlucky 10%, it's little consolation. There have already been several thousand documented breakthrough cases of COVID-19 infections in people who have been vaccinated. Some have died, and with coronavirus variants popping up across the globe, for which the vaccines are less effective, we should expect to see more infections in vaccinated people. Half-witted personal autonomy. Unwilling to miss an opportunity to flout common sense, Republican leaders from Arkansas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and others want to prevent businesses from requiring people to be vaccinated. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has already issued an executive order that, quote, prohibited businesses from requiring patrons or customers to provide any documentation certifying COVID-19 vaccination. There are decades of state laws that require vaccination before children can attend schools. There are seatbelt and helmet laws, no texting while driving laws, and countless others that restrict individual freedoms to ensure safety for the public at large. Despite this, vaccine requirements designed to curb a global pandemic that has cost us nearly 575,000 American lives is the hill on which Republicans want to die. When states pass these laws designed to tell private companies how to run their businesses, there should be immediate legal challenges. Surely, if a bakery can refuse to provide its services to a gay couple getting married, it can refuse to bake a cake for people who choose to place themselves, the bakery staff, and its customers at risk of contracting a deadly illness. As a country, America has become too tolerant of half-witted individual autonomy that ignores the existential needs of the vast majority of its citizens. While writing this column, I caught a TV promo for a new documentary in which Cher helps save an elephant. It made me think of her performance in Moonstruck. Vaccine hesitancy? We need Cher to slap us in the face and tell us to snap out of it. Will this be the way God's people will be treated when their faith is demonized as a virus? Quote, Conscientious obedience to the word of God will be treated as rebellion. Blinded by Satan, the parent will exercise harshness and severity toward the believing child. The master or mistress will oppress the commandment-keeping servant. Affection will be alienated. Children will be disinherited and driven from home. Great Controversy, page 608. Next, COVID Natural Remedies banned as DOJ and FTC seek to silence doctors promoting vitamin D, C, zinc, etc. When people in Europe started dying from fatal blood clots shortly after receiving experimental COVID injections last month, March 2021, some countries began criminal investigations over the deaths including Italy, which launched a manslaughter investigation after several people died following the injections. Here in the U.S., as of this week, 
the CDC is stating that they have received 3,486 reports of people dying following the experimental COVID injections. So what is the U.S. government's response to all these deaths being reported? Are they investigating them to see if the pharmaceutical companies are acting criminally? No. Last week, the Department of Justice announced that they were going to start enforcing a new bill signed into law back in December by then President Donald Trump, which makes it illegal for anyone to promote non-pharmaceutical products as treatments for COVID-19. The law is called the COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act. The name is mislabeled, however, as it does not protect consumers from dangerous products that can harm or kill them, such as the experimental COVID vaccines, but it protects the pharmaceutical industry instead by eliminating free speech for non-pharmaceutical remedies for COVID-19. This law really should be named the COVID-19 Pharmaceutical Protection Act. And the first victim to suffer under this new law is a St. Louis chiropractor who was recommending vitamin D and zinc supplements to his clients and is now charged as a criminal. Such is the state of law today in the U.S., where the federal criminal justice system, as well as Congress, protects criminals, the big pharma corporations with rap sheets longer than any Mexican drug cartel operators, and attacks law-abiding citizens for practicing their constitutional rights, such as freedom of speech and alternative health remedies, which are clearly a threat to big pharma. Otherwise, why would they be spending so much time and resources to go after alternative care practitioners who are harming nobody, but instead are guilty of healing or preventing disease independent of big pharma drugs? Nobody is dying from vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc supplements, or other natural remedies, and yet if one promotes these remedies, they are now treated as criminals. Feds on vitamins and COVID. Shut up or pay up by Alliance for Natural Health. More lunacy from the federal government threatens doctors with $10,000 fines if they tell you the science about how vitamins and minerals can help you with COVID. Action alert. The Department of Justice, DOJ, recently announced the first enforcement action against deceptive marketing of COVID treatments. The case involves a Missouri chiropractor who is alleged to have advertised that a vitamin D and zinc supplement could prevent or treat COVID, claims that are well supported in the scientific literature. This is a disturbing and outrageous escalation in the federal government's actions against doctors and health professionals that inform the public about natural ways of staying healthy during the pandemic, underscoring the need to change the law to allow the free flow of information about foods and supplements. Previously, the FDA and FTC sent hundreds of warning letters to doctors and clinics discussing the role of natural medicines promoting public health during the pandemic. Then, a strategy was put in place to enable the FTC to go after these health professionals with more force. The COVID-19 Consumer Protection Act was introduced on December 20th in the House and Senate, then added to an appropriations bill on December 21st. On December 27th, it was signed into law. That's right. Right before the Christmas holiday, when the government knew focus would be elsewhere, this law was introduced, buried in a spending bill to further conceal it, and signed into law, all within seven days. The law prohibits deceptive acts or practices associated with the treatment, cure, 
prevention, mitigation, or diagnosis of COVID-19, violation of which can result in civil penalties. Statute allows the FTC to assess $10,000 for each violation. Multiple fines can be doled out based on a single claim. State consumer protection laws could also come into effect, allowing potential class actions. This is a clear warning to those in the natural health profession. Either push vaccines and drugs for COVID-19 or keep your mouth shut. The DOJ's actions are astounding. For one, we are in the midst of a pandemic and don't have time to wait for the ongoing RCTs, which can take years. When strong clinical evidence shows that supplements that pose little risk can be helpful, and the evidence we have for things like vitamin D and zinc is strong. We recently reviewed the evidence for vitamin D's role in COVID, noting the dozens of studies that show COVID patients with higher vitamin D have better outcomes, not to mention vitamin D's key role in immune function. There are also clinical trials confirming vitamin D's ability to prevent upper respiratory infections. Zinc is also incredibly important for immune function. Although more common in the developing world, 12% of Americans are estimated to be at risk for zinc deficiency. We know that immune function is compromised with zinc deficiency. Indeed, those with low levels of zinc are at much greater risk of being hospitalized and experiencing severe COVID disease. There is increasing evidence for the role of zinc in reducing the severity of COVID-19 disease and also in COVID prevention. It is incredibly irresponsible for the federal government to target healthcare professionals who disseminate information about these vital nutrients. We can help right this wrong with our legislation that allows the free flow of information about supplements. Quote, by the use of poisonous drugs, many bring upon themselves lifelong illness and many lives are lost that might be saved by the use of natural methods of healing. The poisons contained in many so-called remedies create habits and appetites that mean ruin to both soul and body. The Ministry of Healing, page 126. Next, Pope warns earth heading for self-destruction without action. Pope Francis warned Thursday that the world is, quote, on a path of self-destruction if political leaders fail to courageously use the COVID-19 pandemic as a chance to make the planet a fairer and greener place. In a video message released on World Earth Day, Francis said political leaders have an opportunity to come out better following lessons learned about the social injustices laid bare during the pandemic. Quote, both global catastrophes, COVID, and the climate show that we don't have time to waste, Francis said. Time is pressing on us, and as COVID-19 has shown, we do have the means to meet the challenge. We have the means. It's time to act. We're at the limit. Francis has made his environmental appeal a hallmark of his papacy, denouncing how wealthy countries have plundered God's creation for profit at the expense of poor and indigenous peoples. In his message, Francis said the adversity humanity has faced in the pandemic should drive leaders to pursue innovation and invention to better protect the planet. He appealed to all leaders of the world to act boldly, act fairly, and always tell the truth to people so that people know how to protect themselves from the destruction of the planet and how to protect the planet 
from the destruction that many times we trigger. The Pope tries to link his climate agenda to the fear of the pandemic to increase traction. Prophecy tells us that at the end of time, the climate will roil with many disasters. Quote, The time is at hand when there will be sorrow in the world that no human balm can heal. The Spirit of God is being withdrawn. Disasters by sea and by land follow one another in quick successions. How frequently we hear of earthquakes and tornadoes, of destruction by fire and flood, with great loss of life and property. Apparently, these calamities are capricious outbreaks of disorganized, unregulated forces of nature, wholly beyond the control of man. But in them all, God's purpose may be read. They are among the agencies by which he seeks to arouse men and women to a sense of their danger. Prophets and Kings, page 277. Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now, you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.